Boy, I'd just like to jump on force back here, man. Uh, we don't know how lucky we are to have you. Uh, there, there are very few liberal voices worth listening to. You are one of them, and for you to be in Las Vegas is uh, is tremendous for us. And one other thing, Force said he's going to uh, ask his union brothers to, to support you. Where the hell are the politicians, you know? Uh, Catherine Cortez Masto, Jackie Rosen, Dina Titus, Steve Horsford, you have no greater advocate to support you and your cause than Doug Basham. Why the hell aren't you writing this man a check to help him uh, uh, produce this great radio show? I just don't get it. If you spend the money on a 15-second commercial on radio or TV, it's gone. It just vaporizes into the ether. Give it to Doug, and you've got 15 months to cover. 100% fact. I'm back, bitches! What if you knew Fox News was just lying to you? How could you watch when you know? He was voted Variety Entertainer of the Year in the Excellence in the Arts Awards and is one of the highest arbitrum now Nielsen-rated talk radio hosts in Las Vegas. He is also a refreshing voice of logic and reason. Live from the entertainment capital of the world, Doug Basham. I know words, I have the best words. I love the poorly educated. Right under the toilet. And good morning, my fellow wokes and Republican jokes. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Doug Basham, and welcome to the Doug Basham Show right here on KSHP in Las Vegas and on social media and to a genuine demonstration of excellence in broadcasting. The website is DougBasham.com, last name spelled B as in Bob, A-S-H-A-M as in Mary, DougBasham.com, my email, Doug at DougBasham.com. If you are new to the show, here's all you need to know. My website is all of one page. That's it. You'll find the show's logo on top. Underneath it, links to everything associated with this show, including links to all the social media sites on which we broadcast this show live. But here's the only one you need. Click on the YouTube icon. Once there, click on the link that says live. There, you can either watch the show live or view the archive shows. Two clicks, that's it. Oh, and while you're on my YouTube page, if you could manage a third click and click on the subscribe link, I would be grateful. 221-7283 is our call-in number here at the station, folks, if you want to talk on the radio. 
in our second half hour. That's 702-221-SAVE, as in save our democracy, which is our ultimate and only goal in each and every show we do. So for the love of Fred, whoever he may be, lock him up. Well, yesterday was election day in America. We'll get to that momentarily. But as we are wont to do, we will begin today with our Doug Basham show, Trump Brain Dead Maga Cult Base Dumbass of the Day Award. And today's dishonor goes to someone who unquestionably knows better, or at least knew better, before he sold his soul to the orange devil. I'm referring to one of Trump's New York fraud trial attorneys, Chris Kyes. And for what has to be one of the biggest lies ever told by an attorney in the history of American trials, or even international ones, hell, even universal trials. Chris Kyes is the Doug Basham Show's Trump brain-dead mega cult base dumbass of the day. Three years, I have never had a witness testify better. An absolutely brilliant performance by President Trump. He's not backing down. He's told everyone the facts. Now that the American people know what's going on, maybe something will change. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. You're grade A, number one, bona fide, first class. You're a dumbass. You're a dumbass. And you'll be one all your dumbass life. You dumbass. Either this Chris Kyes has never called a witness to the stand in his entire legal career, or he just demonstrated the unfathomable depths to which he is willing to sink, as well as the amount of orange ass he is willing to kiss in order to remain in the good graces of his petulant, violent, and bad-tempered client. Personally, I think it's the latter. No big court-related news to report today, although Donald Trump's daughter-wife Ivanka is testifying today, or already has. Her father-husband concluded his petulant, immature travesty disguised as testimony on Monday, which we covered in all its embarrassing unglory yesterday. And speaking of which, I heard, I can't confirm this, but it has been reported that the only reason Trump started wearing a mask back in 2020, someone told him it was made from Ivanka's underwear. This is what Attorney General Letitia James had to say prior to Ivanka's testimony. Good morning, everyone. Uh, this morning we will hear from Ivanka Trump, who will be our last witness on our case on direct um, in our case against uh, Donald Trump, her brothers, and the Trump Organization. Ivanka Trump secured negotiated loans um, to obtain favorable terms based on fraudulent statements of financial condition. Um, and she will attempt today to distance herself from the company. But unfortunately, the facts will reveal that in fact that she was very much involved. We uncovered the scheme 
um, and she benefited from it personally. Um, and uh, Miss uh, Trump will do all that she can to try uh, to separate herself from this corporation, but she's inextricably tied to the Trump Organization um, and to these properties uh, that she helped secure financing for. Um, so you cannot hide from the truth, and the facts will belie um, the truth and, and the evidence. And so we look forward to her testimony. Thank you. You know, that said, I've heard it reported thus far that unlike her father, Ivanka was very calm, cool, and collected on the witness stand today. Apparently, she didn't attack the judge or his clerk or the attorney general. She actually answered the questions she was asked and didn't launch into a campaign speech. Very much unlike her father. I got a couple other New York fraud trial things to clean up. I was surprised at this one. It took place during an interview on Newsmax. The guest was criminal defense attorney Randy Zellin. This is what he had to say after fail son Eric wrapped up his testimony and held court in the hallway. It's a joke. It's an absolute joke. And guys, we're going to win this thing. I promise you we're going to win it because we haven't done a damn thing in law. So what do you make of Eric's comments there uh, and his testimony? Do it in the courtroom. If you're so sure that you're going to win, if you haven't done a damn thing wrong, then do it in the courtroom. This abject lack of respect that people have for our system of justice, for our judges, for our prosecutors, for our quasi-prosecutors, shut your mouth, keep it out of the media, show a little bit of respect, particularly if your last name you want to be attached to being the most powerful person in the world, do it in the courtroom and stop taking a dump over the system that you want to preside over. Hey, Randy, I got to push back on one thing, though. You have prosecutors that actually... Um, campaigned on getting Trump. They're the ones that started this whole thing and destroyed the system, in my opinion. And vote them out of office. Okay, they, fair, they have fair, no place, fair, they have fair no place in office. But, but they're out in the media doing their thing, so if you don't push back, you'll just get eaten alive. Sorry, that's in my opinion pe- on it. No, because two wrongs don't make a right. You have to be the bigger person. So shut your mouth, and then let the system take over, and a prosecutor who's doing something for political gain or for personal gain, get rid of them. Now, I understand this was said on Newsmax, but did you hear what he said? This disrespect people have for our institutions. No, it's not people. It's Donald Trump, his family, and his right-wing propaganda hate media. But again, he's on Newsmax, so he has to be careful what he says. Here's Doug Schoen, who defended Mangal Mussolini during his second insurrection impeachment, who, like Chris Kyes, knows better, but is one of millions of Americans who continue to play along with the biggest con, the biggest con man in America, Donald Trump, continues to play on America. Good morning, David. It's good to have you. I thought it was interesting that Chris Kyes, one of the president's attorneys, said, quote, in my 33 years, I have not had a witness testify better. Do you agree? Uh, I I don't have any idea what he means by that. But I think that uh, from President Trump's perspective, you know, it it was a good day for him in that he stood up to what he believes to be a very unfair proceeding and much of America believes to be an unfair proceeding. Um, I'm not sure why they called him as a witness, frankly. This case is quickly becoming or has become already 
a circus. And I think this just added to it. Um, I think the judge sort of one of his comments epitomized the entire situation when he said, I don't want to hear what he has to say. Um, I, I'm not sure what purpose was served, except that I do think it will help President Trump in the polls. I think he stood up to a court that he believes to be unfair and sort of like for every American who supports him, you know, he called him a bully and that sort of thing. I think that serves him well in the polls politically. Yesterday, our Trump brain dead MAGA cult based dumbass of the day was former Trump press secretary and designated liar Kaylee McEnany for lying about what Judge Engeron said about Trump speaking at his trial. By today, that lie has become gospel among Trump's base. Again, I'll tell you what the judge actually said. Quote, we are not here to hear what he has to say. We are here to listen to him answer questions. This is not a political rally. This is a courtroom. End quote. Context is everything. Context is your friend. And Doug Schoen wasn't the only pundit repeating this lie. They all did. Like I said, it's already been written in stone. And always quick to jump on a new pro-Trump bandwagon, we had Rafael Eduardo Cruz, the Canadian senator from Texas. He calls himself Ted, so he doesn't sound too Mexican-y. You know Ted. His father killed JFK and his wife is ugly, remember? At least according to the pathologically lying Trump. And yet, like the adorable urchin Oliver Twist, the anything-but-adorable Raphael keeps crawling up to the dictator's head table and literally bends his knee. Please, sir, I want some more. What? Please, sir, I want some... More? More? Him. Snatch him! Hold him! Scold him! Hold him! Crunch him! Pick him up and bounce him! And of course, the ever spineless Raphael had to bend the knee with regards to Trump and his New York financial fraud trial. You know, what, what Eric Trump was just saying about the unfairness of this proceeding is exactly right. Letitia James is a hardcore partisan. She campaigned saying, I'm going to get Donald Trump. I'm going to go after Donald Trump. This judge, by all appearances, is a hardcore partisan who hates Donald Trump. And, and we can anticipate he's going to rule against Trump. He doesn't like Trump. He wants to punish Trump. Look, you and I have both been to Mar-a-Lago many times. It is an extraordinary, it's a spectacular property. The idea that that's $18 million is utterly laughable. And I'll tell you what, there is not a person on planet Earth who, if you were told you can buy Mar-a-Lago for $18 million, wouldn't Done. immediately go try to raise the money to do it. Like, like, uh, like you could, it's insane. Oh, for Christ's sake, Ted, get up off your knees and wipe off your chin. You're now just embarrassing yourself, although you are far from alone. Yours and Trump's brain-dead MAGA cult base just isn't smart enough to see it. But hey, Ted, you know the difference between a BJ and a pizza? A pizza can feed a family of four. 
Ted's wife Heidi had a friend at work who was complaining about a sore throat and laryngitis. Heidi Cruz told her, whenever I have that, I give Ted a BJ and the next morning I'm better. So her friend said she'd try it. The next day, the friend comes into work. Heidi goes up to her and asks, well, how'd it go? The friend says, great, Ted couldn't believe it was your idea. And Ted once got a tattoo of a $100 bill on his Johnson. When Heidi asked him why on earth he did that, he replied, well, instead of going out and spend a for- spending a fortune shopping, you can now blow 100 bucks right here at home anytime you want to. And I can't get over how no member of the QOP can discern that repeating Letitia James campaigning on getting Trump is a talking point that somehow works in their favor. Like I said yesterday, and likely will have to several more times, in the real world, we call that fulfilling a campaign promise. Hello! Now, to be fair to Fled Cruz, he had to desert his constituents when his state froze over. Reptiles require sunlight. And we now know with 100% certainty that Ted Cruz is not the biological father of his daughters. He always pulls out when things get hard. And who could forget this memorable moment during Fled's 2016 presidential campaign? Are you taking off? Yeah, they're going with me. Did you see that look? I wonder if anyone just saw how much my daughter hates me. If Ted Cruz hadn't been disowned by every person who's ever known him, you could almost feel sorry for him there. Keyword, almost. Ted Cruz, Greg Abbott, and the Uvalde SWAT team run into a bar. They heard a car backfire. And did you know that Ted Cruz now has two Twitter accounts? One to talk about the laws he's passing, the other for porn. Doesn't really matter, though. Either way, a woman's getting screwed. And you know the difference between Ted Cruz's wife and an insurrection? Ted would never defend his wife. A recent poll in Texas asked 2,000 prostitutes if they would have sex with Ted Cruz. 91% said, never again. And I'll take this moment to once again share with you my favorite Ted Cruz meme. It shows a picture of Cruz with the accompanying caption, quote, Insult my wife one more time, and I'll lick your other ball. End quote. A few years ago, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, and Ted Cruz walked into a bar on Christmas Eve. Hillary said good evening to the bartender, ordered a drink. Trump wished the bartender Merry Christmas, also ordered a drink. But then Trump looked closely at the bartender and said, You are incredibly ugly and bald. I hate ugly people. I have always been a beautiful man. Because I'm beautiful and a winner and ahead in the polls by 30 points, I have slept with all the beautiful women in the planet. I wish your mother had killed you when you were born. When I'm president, I will have all the ugly men and fat women deported. And only the most beautiful people will be allowed to enter the country. 
Well, nobody could believe their ears and were all too shocked to say anything. Finally, a reporter who was also there asked Cruz, Sir, are you shocked by this behavior? And Cruz replied, Absolutely, I am. This is disgusting. Hillary said good evening instead of Merry Christmas. And who could forget this also memorable moment from the venerable QOP senator from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham. A good Republican would defend Ted Cruz after tonight. That ain't happening. (laughs) If you killed Ted Cruz on the floor of the Senate and the trial was in the Senate, nobody could convict you. (laughs) So, yesterday was election day in America, and to all intents and purposes, Democrats did pretty darn well. I think it's safe to say that the Democratic Party ended up sweeping every high-profile election that was expected might be competitive. A Democrat won an open seat on the Pennsylvania Supreme Court after campaigning on his pledge to uphold abortion rights. And how cool and heartwarming is this? An exonerated Central Park member won a seat on the New York City Council. You talk about a stunning reversal of fortune after being arrested at age 15 and wrongly imprisoned for seven years for rape. Of course, Trump wanted him murdered. The Democrats won the Kentucky race for governor. They won the Ohio constitutional question on abortion. Trump won Ohio by eight points in 2020. Democrats not only held their majority in the Virginia Senate, they flipped the state house in Virginia, ending the QOP's hopes to win full control of state government. That is a devastating loss for QOP Governor Glenn Youngkin and the Virginia QOP, who, by the way, spent a crap ton of money hoping for a political trifecta. Yunkin even predicted the QOP would flip the Senate and hold the House. They didn't do either. These were the big focuses going into election night 2023, and the Democrats won them all. And you guys know full well, I have said for months now that if something were to happen and Joe Biden decided to not run next year, I've been on the Gavin Newsom bandwagon as Biden's replacement. But after last night, I'm kind of rethinking and thinking, why not Andy Bashir? Seriously, he's a good-looking young man and a popular governor in the red state of Kentucky. The orange diaper stain won Kentucky in 2020 by 26 points. And when I visited the right-wing sites I frequent and do battle on, you want to guess how they were explaining their losses? Wait for it. Voter fraud. Democrats cheated. And get this, the way they put it was, Democrats cheated again. Still pretending 2020 was stolen. And if you are a trend follower like our excellent caller and friend of this show, Forrest, is, and I'll wait for the definitive word from him when he hopefully calls in today, but I kept watching MSNBC's Steve Kornacki at his big election board, primarily because no one does it better. 
And Steve kept pointing out how Democrats who won did so by a greater percentage than they did the last time they won. And even some who lost, they lost by fewer votes than the previous time they ran. This suggests a trend, an upward trend, and a good upward trend for Democrats. The question is, can and will that trend continue into next year? That said, I'll tell you this, when the end of the world comes, I want to be in Kentucky. They're always 20 years behind everything. Besides, I've used their KY jelly for years. And you know what they say, what has 200 legs and 17 teeth? The front row of a Kentucky Bluegrass Festival. And you know what tornadoes and divorces in Kentucky have in common? Either way, someone's losing a trailer. And here's a question. If you marry your wife in Kentucky, but then divorce her in Tennessee, is she still your sister? I asked a Kentucky friend of mine how many sexual partners he'd had. He closed his eyes and started counting, and then he fell asleep. That's okay. I'll wait. And you know what the Kentucky Derby and a wedding in Kentucky have in common? There's a lot of buildup to the event. Hearts are racing, racing, tensions are high, everyone is super excited, and when the time finally comes, it's over in two minutes. And you know what folks in Kentucky do when their car breaks down? They build a house next to it. And you know what a Kentucky girl screams while having sex? Get off me, pie, you're crushing my cigarettes. And you know what a dog and a girl from Kentucky have in common? They both lick their paw. And finally, did you know that Trump once invited the winning jockey of the Kentucky Derby to visit him at the White House? The jockey said, no thanks, if I wanted to look at a horse's ass, I would have come in second. And rumor has it, Benedict Donald is thinking of opening up a new fried chicken chain. The name he's considering is Kentucky Fraud Chicken. So I don't know if I'd call last night a blue wave, but there's no question that we at least kicked some pretty good QOP ass last night, yes? But hey, don't take my word for it. Take it from the Doug Basham Show's Trump brain-dead mega-cult-based dumbass of the day yesterday, the Orange Traders' former press secretary and designated liar, Kaylee McEnany, who certainly wasn't crowing about any red wave. But one thing I would note, you know, Kentucky's a red state. Ohio's a red state. Mississippi, we don't know what will happen this evening. We hope that Reeves pulls it off, but it is a red state. Tonight, the midterm elections, the last few elections, we must recognize that as a party, good polling does not always translate into resounding victory. Amen, Sister Kaylee. And I can't believe I even said that. Right now, I want to go back to something we started on Monday when we were discussing author and journalist Jonathan Carl's new book, Tired of Winning, Donald Trump and the End of the Grand Old Party. In the clips we heard and saw Monday, we learned that Team Trader knows damn well their base has become a cult. In fact, they call them and themselves the Trump Davidians, which is why they held the first presidential rally in Waco, Texas earlier this year in March. We relearned that Trump has been exploiting the anger towards government that stemmed from that Waco incident 
deriding how evil government is, you know, as he's running for government. He's also claiming how corrupt and weaponized government has become, which A, isn't true, and B, his act is actually his 2024 campaign, corrupting and weaponizing government. Let me go to a story on the Washington Post on Sunday. The headline read, quote, Trump mulling deploying military to streets on day one if elected, end quote. Then here's the first sentence of that story, and what a sentence it is. Quote, Donald Trump and his allies have begun mapping out specific plans for using the federal government to punish critics and opponents should he win a second term, with the former president naming individuals he wants to investigate or prosecute and his associates drafting plans to potentially invoke the Insurrection Act on his first day in office to allow him to deploy the military against civil demonstrations, end quote. That's just the first sentence. It doesn't get any better in subsequent sentences. Here's the next one, quote, In private, Trump has told advisors and friends in recent months that he wants the Justice Department to investigate one-time officials and allies who have become critical of his time in office, including his former chief of staff, John Kelly, former Attorney General William Barr, his ex-attorney Ty Cobb, and former Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Mark Milley. Yeah. You dare speak the truth about Satan's pumpkin, and you are now on the Trump enemy hit list, and you will be prosecuted. One more sentence, then we'll move on. Quote, Much of the planning for a second term has been unofficially outsourced to a partnership of right-wing think tanks in Washington. Dubbed Project 25, the group is developing a plan to include draft to include draft executive orders that would deploy the military domestically under the Insurrection Act. The proposal was identified in internal discussions as an immediate priority. And you know, I covered this Project 2025 about a month ago. It's basically a plan to make Trump a dictator, period. And we'll return to this Project 2025 if time permits. For now, perhaps it would behoove us to re-listen to some of Trump's biggest fascist hits. And Trump has never made his dictatorial inclinations a secret. In other words, whatever documents a president decides to take with him, he has the absolute and unquestioned right to do so. And that's the way it is, and it couldn't be more clear. Next, I will bring the independent regulatory agencies such as the FCC and the FTC back under presidential authority as the Constitution demands. These agencies do not get to become a fourth branch of government, issuing rules and edicts all by themselves. And that's what they've been doing. These radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. This is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. We will drive out the globalists. We will cast out the communists, Marxists, fascists. We will throw off the sick political class that hates our country. We will rout the fake news media. 
We will defeat Joe Biden and we will liberate America from these villains once and for all. And I am the only one that can save this nation because, you know, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you. And I just happen to be standing in their way. When somebody's the president of the United States, the authority is total. And that's the way it's got to be. It's total. It's total. They can't do anything without the approval of the president of the United States. The authority of the president of the United States having to do with the subject we're talking about is total. Yep. Total. Total unitary power. Hey, folks, we're into the second half hour. I'll give you the rest of it if you want. If you'd like to chat on the air, if you want to comment on election night last night, our number here at the station is 221-7283. That's area code 702-221-SAVE. So, when we look at this Project 25, which is designed to make Trump a dictator, and you read articles that say Trump is planning on invoking the Insurrection Act to turn the military on his own citizens, when you hear him campaign on mostly revenge and retribution, when you hear people like sloppy Steve Bannon say it's Trump's intent to annihilate his opponents, which you heard on Monday— it should be clear to all of us exactly what we are hearing. We are hearing the words, desires, and feverish wet dreams of fascists who realize they represent a minority of the populace and plan on ruling, not governing, but ruling with the same iron hand as every other dictator in the world, especially dictators who represent a minority. And because they're a minority, one has to have some confidence that they cannot win an election if the election is free and fair. But like I asked on Monday, I'll ask again, what if it's not fair? What if they have plans on how to steal the 2024 election that haven't been leaked or revealed yet and that we haven't even considered I mean, for the life of me, I can't figure out what they might be. Perhaps you can. But that begs the question, what if, what, if any, could those plans be? I mean, am, am I just being paranoid? I mean, so many people and groups are putting so much time, money, and effort into what's going to happen when, not if, but when Trump gets back in, they're not even talking about him winning. They're talking like him being back in the White House is a fait accompli. And no, I don't think he can win. But that doesn't mean I don't think he could wind up back in the White House. It's almost like these shady anti-American groups don't care whether he wins or not. That's not going to affect their grand scheme. And frankly, that concerns me because I have no clue what this quote-unquote grand scheme might be. If you do, I'd love to hear from you. And I would ask you to remember this. Even though he lost the popular vote in 2016 by 3 million votes, Trump still won thanks to our arcane and archaic electoral college, which really needs to be tossed into the trash can of history. Also this, even though Joe Biden won the 2020 election by 7 million votes, had just nine had just 90,000 people voted the other way in three or four states, just 90,000. 
Biden would have lost the Electoral College and Trump would still be president. Again, the Electoral College needs to go. 221-7283 is our caller number here at the station, folks. If you want to chat, that's 702-221-SAVE. Let's head to the phones and we'll talk to Big Bad John. You're first. Thanks for calling. Hey, Doug. Hey, John. Forrest, you nailed it, brother. Uh, good on you. Uh, time's 100, and I'll uh, I'll postpone my uh, my research on what it takes to get a visa to live in the Philippines or Vietnam uh, <laughs> for a little while longer. You've given me hope, Forrest, and thank you, sir. Uh, Doug, the, the way that uh, the, the the way that they're trying to steal the election, it has me most concerned is these other parties that are running against Biden, like Cornell West. What a fraud he is. Um, and what's that uh, other Joe Manchin's uh, Kumbaya, whatever that fake thing is. Uh, I can't think of the name right now. Uh, the Just Get It Done Party or so- something like that. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, so, um, it's called I, No, no Parties or something. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is. It's, it's a bunch of horse crap, whatever it is. But... Um, um, I, I think uh, the, 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 our kryptonite, if you will, is, uh, is Liz Cheney, man. And she's not ruled out a run for president. If Liz Cheney, who is a patriot of the highest order, uh, throws her name, her, 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 her hat in the ring, I think it's curtains right there. I think it's all done. And I've heard others expound on the fact that uh, – like you said, he only won. Uh, Joe Biden only won by ninety thousand votes. You don't even need a national candidate, you know. Like Doug, you could run for president. You could be on the on the ballot in New Hampshire. You just need a check for a thousand dollars, supposedly, or something. There's some states qualify. It takes very little to do so. So, uh, another strategy I've heard is uh, pick a favorite son in each state, in each of the swing states. You know, pick a favorite son in Pennsylvania, run him against Trump, just so he. Uh, uh, defeats him. Um, that'd be a way to handle it. Uh, but, you know, the, that's the problem with Trump, and that's the advantage he's had his whole life, is he's totally comfortable being a scumbag, slimy maggot, uh, who will do anything and lie and cheat and steal and do whatever it takes to win and then call himself a winner. And he does it in such a way, I mean, how many times have you scratched your head when you've seen something that Trump's done and said, what the hell is he doing that for? It doesn't make any sense. It's so obviously wrong. Uh, but then you come to find out six months later, it's involved in this whole slimy, scummy scheme uh, that only he and perhaps Steve Bannon uh, visualized when it, when it began. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's what frightens me. We don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. And I understand he's no longer in office and therefore should have no power to somehow overturn or steal an election. But as I say, all these groups that are putting all this money and effort into his next presidency, I mean, they're not even considering the fact that he's not going to be there. And that's what worries me. It's like, what do they have up their sleeve? How do they plan on stealing this? A lot of it is horse crap. You know what I mean? Like with Trump, he's always going to be the greatest. And he's always going to be the greatest of all time and the best of all time and most spectacular. It's always going to be superlative, superlative, superlative. Even, even as he's crashing and burning, you know, even as the plane's going down, I'm the greatest pilot of all time. Uh, and that's the analogy I think we're starting to see is the Republican plane is crashing and, and you're never going to hear anything different from Trump. 
even when the plane's at a thousand feet above ground. I'm the greatest pilot of all time, and just follow me, and I'll lead you to the promised land and crash and boom. So hopefully that's where we are. Hey, hopefully, John. I appreciate it. Hey, Doug, I, I got a, I got a question for you. I'm going to put you on the spot, partner. Okay. Uh, and it's the homework question for the audience. Okay. Okay. And when you first hear it, you're going to say, "What the hell's John talking about?" But I want you to think about it. And tomorrow, you're going to say, "You know that John? He's a pretty smart guy." Which? But John, entity, John, I already think that. Oh, thanks, Doug. I appreciate. It. Which entity has gamed the American political system? more to line their pockets with hundreds of billions of dollars and has killed more innocent men, women, and children. And those two entities are, one, the NRA, or two, the country of Israel. That's the homework assignment, boys and girls. What's up, Shapiro? Take my call. Uh, I, I know you don't want to get involved in this in any way, Doug. I respect your professionalism, but I think it's a valid question. Uh, what we've what we've experienced here uh, with this uh, another fourteen billion to Israel reminds me a lot, uh, and it's going to be used to commit genocide. Reminds me a lot of the NRA. Hey, I hear you, John. Uh, you, the homework assignment has been assigned. Awesome, Doug. Hey, thanks for Great calling, show, John. Buddy. Hey, I appreciate okay. it. 221-7283 is the caller number, folks. That's 702-221-SAV. But getting back on point to the Jonathan Carl interview, we heard that Trump has taken to playing a version of our national anthem as sung by January 6th domestic terrorists, the same domestic terrorists he's promising to pardon. Well, at the same time this is being played, they show footage of the January 6th attack on our Capitol. They are once again demonstrating what our hideous new norm has become. Violence being seen as an acceptable means to political ends, at least by fascists and those who support fascists. On Monday, we got into the Jonathan Carl interview when we heard from several of the January 6th insurrectionists. I want you to hear them again as it exposes the lie that Trump did not incite the attack on our Capitol that day. Trump repeated his big lie and claimed it was, quote, statistically impossible to have lost the 2020 election before calling for a big protest in D.C., on January 6th, be there, will be wild. Supporters responded immediately. It's Saturday, December 19th, the year is 2020, and one of the most historic events in American history has just taken place. President Trump, in the early morning hours today, tweeted that he wants the American people to march on Washington, D.C. on January 6th, 2021. And now Donald Trump is calling on his supporters to descend on Washington, D.C., January 6th. He is now calling on we, the people, to take action and to show our numbers. We're going to only be saved by millions of Americans moving to Washington, occupying the entire area, if, if necessary, storming right into the Capitol. You know, there, we, we know the rules of engagement. If you have enough people, you can push down any kind of a fence or a wall. 
this could be Trump's last stand. And it's a time when he has specifically called on his supporters to arrive in D.C. That's something that may actually be the big push Trump supporters need to say, this is it. It's now or never. And, you know, on Monday, after we played this clip, I played another one that featured Tim Hafey, who was the lead investigator in the January 6th Select Committee investigation. And, And in that clip, Tim both mentioned and dismissed the one instance of plausible denial Trump, his media, and of course his brain-dead MAGA cult base used to trivialize all Trump's pre-January 6th violence inciting rhetoric, namely peacefully protest, which completely ignores what else he said that day, not to mention all the months leading up to January 6th. Something else I liked about that Tim Hafey clip, the fact that it reaffirmed what I say is the biggest challenge this nation faces, today's conservative, corporate-controlled, right-wing propaganda-hate media industrial complex. Trump may have tweeted, but the media, they took Trump's tweet and not only spread it far and wide— But lest there was any confusion among Trump's base, they made it clear what Trump was calling for. And they proved they understood what Trump was calling for on January 6th. So what's the solution? Hey, I have one. Lock the cult leader up with no ability to communicate and get rid of the aforementioned right-wing propaganda hate media. Easy peasy. Now, while I'll admit it's not a simple task to carry out, and I'm not sure how you do it, it is, however, a simple solution. And as I've said more times than I can recall, to me, it is the obvious solution and perhaps the only solution. Otherwise, the insidious right-wing media will keep undermining our democracy while producing more radicalized domestic terrorists every single day. Now, in this next clip, Tim Hafey does offer at least his solution. Let's compare his to mine, shall we? So, Tim, we could that could I could play that for two hours, right? The committee developed enough evidence of the call and response, call and response, call and response. But that started at the earliest late summer before the election. And the violence that ensued was in this contracted period of time. The campaign that John Carl writes about was launched in Waco, and it goes on every single day on social media, on right-wing media. And the message is the same. It's getting darker. What is the potential response to that call over a sustained four-year period? It, it continues to, to fester. It, it is not going away. You, you, you'd think that responsible elected officials have a common interest in telling the truth and in, in reducing the prospect of violence that, that's exactly the opposite of what's happening. What also struck me about all of the people that we spoke to, Nicole, who were at the Capitol, was that for them... They're, they're sort of wrapping themselves in the flag of revolution going back to 1776. Right? A lot of the evidence that we presented talked, um, people were talking openly about this is 1776. So sort of the fundamental principle of America's sort of pushing back against tyranny, the tyranny of the British crown, taxation without representation. They invoked 
that history and that imagery um, as a, a motivating force to resist their definition of tyranny, the, the stolen election that was about to be certified. So they're sort of wrapping in the patriotic flag of sort of our, the greatest tradition of America irresponsibly. There was real tyranny in 1776. There was not real tyranny in 2000 uh, and, uh, and 20 with respect to the election. Again, no factual foundation whatsoever. So the self-motivated use of those historical images is a, is a through line um, all the way to January 6th. And going forward, your question was about going forward. Now, I, again, I'd like to think that accountability when this irresponsible rhetoric is uh, rightfully charged as criminal and in a contested legal proceeding found to be such, my hope is that that has a tendency to change some minds. It's not going to change all minds. There will some people that will actually use it to support that misguided belief in some kind of deep state mm -hmm. conspiracy to silence a change agent. But I, I hope enough people are convinced by the crucible of a, of a public uh, reckoning of sorts of accountability that it does change uh, change enough minds to to make a dispositive difference. Okay, that was a good response with a lot of insight, and Tim Hafey offered a logical, reasonable solution: a accountability. He's hoping accountability will change some minds. But my first reaction is there have been a boatload of January six insurrectionists who have been held accountable. There's been no decrease in the violent rhetoric and or calls for civil war on the right-wing sites on which I lurk and fight. Add to that, when you have a demagogue who's promising to pardon insurrectionists, thereby nullifying their accountability, how much of a deterrent is accountability going to be? When you have the front-runner and likely candidate for one party, continuing to spread his violence-exciting drivel on a daily and hourly basis. So I don't think Tim is wrong. I just think his solution is weak and completely lacking and doesn't get to the root. Yeah, hold him accountable. But I mean, if that was the case, we'd have no more crime because there isn't a crime that's being committed today that someone else hasn't already been held accountable for. So I don't see accountability necessarily being the solution. Personally, I like mine better. It's more radical, but what the heck? Radical times require radical solutions. In his next remarks, John Carl demonstrates the absolute absurdity of one of Trump's of late popular campaign lies. They simply plan to run against the justice system writ large. Is that accurate? Uh, I think it's absolutely, I mean, well, I guess there's one that you could add also to delay the trial until after the election, but, but it, it, it's absolutely to use it as evidence in the campaign that the so-called deep state is out to get Trump and by extension, Trump supporters. What Trump argues over and over again is they are coming after me because their real target is you and I am the one standing in the way. Of course, that's an absurd statement because Trump is being tried for hush money payments 
payments uh, uh, to a porn star, pilfering uh, classified documents, um, and uh, using the power of the presidency to try to overturn a presidential election. None of those things, any of those people wearing red hats have done. Now, maybe specifically on the on the January 6th case, people that were storming the Capitol. But in terms of the people he is speaking to out at his rallies, none of them spent, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to try to silence a porn star. None of them stole classified documents from the White House. Um, so it, it, it's an absurd, it's an absurd statement. Of course, it's an absurd statement. Most of what comes out of Trump's mouth is absurd. You know, I got one thing I want to mention real quick because we're down to our last couple minutes. I have been a huge proponent of Trump's D.C. trial, his insurrection January 6th steal the election trial being televised. Many media entities have requested same. I think and I have said that I believe it is the most important trial in this nation's history. So I was a little shocked to see this headline on a story the other day. Feds fight cameras for Trump's D.C. criminal trial. Seriously, let me read a bit from it. Special counsel Jack Smith urged a federal judge Friday to reject media outlets' efforts to televise Trump's historic criminal trial in Washington, D.C., but the former president appears to be ducking the fight over cameras in the courtroom. The prosecutors say their opposition is rooted in a long-standing judicial rule that prohibits broadcasting federal criminal cases, a policy that applies to courthouses across the country. U.S. District Court Judge Tanya Chutkin has no discretion to override the policy, they say. And and I, I, I don't have time to read anymore. I will tomorrow. And the reason I want to is because the reasons that they are using, other than it's protocol, typical, whatever, it's hard to argue with them. But I'm going to try. Anyhow, folks, I got to run. That's it. It's a wrap. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you calling. The website again, DougBasham.com. Last name spelled B-A-S-H-A-M. DougBasham.com. My email, Doug at DougBasham.com. We'll do this all over again tomorrow, hopefully with you. Until then, take care.